welcome back, friends. Uh, I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet because we have a fantastic interview waiting for you guys. Uh, so we got Miss Tracy Talbot today, and she is the owner and operator of Delish and Dish Catering Services. Uh, she has been operating this business since 2012. So this is their not. No, this is their 10th year in operation. <laughs> See, clearly I'm not a numbers guy. Um, but we had her on and she discussed all the different aspects of her business, you know, what it was like starting out, uh, the various effects that COVID has had on it, where she wants it to go, so on and so forth. So if you want to, you know, learn a little bit more about the catering business or just what it's like to be your own boss and how to go about that, then, you know, stay in tune because this is your interview. Even if you're not interested in that, listen in. She is a very entertaining person and has a lot of wise words for you to hear. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Miss Talbot. We're back in the theater today, here with Mrs. Talbot. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. So how about we start uh, and have you introduce yourself to the audience and what you do? Sure. My name is Tracy Talbot, and I own Delish in a Dish Catering. So uh, prior to Delish in a Dish, just ballpark, what did you think you were going to be doing in your life? When I was in high school, I thought I was going to be an attorney. Hmm. So I went to college with that in the back of my mind. Um, and I wasn't sure if I should go that route or just general business. So I ended up general business and um, thought that I would just always be in some capacity in the business world. Hmm. So at what point did you realize that you wanted to be a uh, caterer? So I actually have two degrees. So when I went to college, I went my first year I was business and I was undecided exactly which field. And then I kept thinking, boy, I've always enjoyed cooking. Is there something I could do with this? So I ended up getting two degrees. So I have my restaurant management degree, and then I also have my business degree. Um, and, and I still wasn't sure, but because of the hours in the restaurant business, I pursued business instead. So I was in the corporate world up until about 12 years ago and, and thoroughly enjoyed it, but always had a passion for cooking. Hmm. So what kind of things were you doing in the corporate world before? So I was in sales. It was a sales, um, somewhat marketing and management, but primarily sales. Um, And I ended up working for paper companies. Um, I worked for Made Paper, which is no longer around, and International Paper. And that's actually what brought us to Ohio. Hmm. Um, So long story short, there was a, a period where... Um, I knew the position at International Paper would require me to relocate again, and that's when I started thinking about, I don't want to relocate. What could I do that we could just stay in Ohio and stay here? And that's when I started thinking about, I could open a business where there's meals that uh, moms and dads and, and everybody else could pick up for their family if they've got busy schedules and their kids are playing soccer and they've got to get dinner on the table. And so that's what inspired this is thinking, how do people, you know, what would really be helpful for families right now? And so that's when the meals to go idea formulated and then it transpired into um, catering. 
So did you have a mentor to bring you along with in the process or uh, an inspiration? I really didn't, and I, I really wish I did. So one of the things I wish I would have done is go work for a caterer before I decided to open a <laughs> catering business. I think I would have learned a lot. So a lot of it was trial and error because there was no book that said this is exactly what you do, you know, the first 10 steps when you open a catering business. Um, and so a lot of it was just finding my way the first few years for sure. But in hindsight, I should have gone to go work <laughs> for a caterer first. So what would you say were your initial challenges of starting the business? Mm-hmm. A lot of it would be staffing and knowing what hours um, because I had no way to project how busy we would be or when we would be busy. So seven days a week, I didn't know our Monday afternoons going to be any different than Thursday morning. So mm-hmm. staffing was a huge challenge. Prior to that, I would say the biggest challenge was actually financing. So getting money from the bank. We had just gone through the housing market crash, and so banks were not anxious to loan anybody money. Um, unfortunately, the food industry is one of the most notorious for closing doors within the first year and not paying their bills. So automatically you're at risk and everybody um, does COD where they want payment at delivery and no financing. So getting a bank to finance this was a big challenge um, in addition to the fact it's not a franchise. So it was not a proven theory. This was my idea. I had a business plan, but they didn't know if it was going to work. And so they were not eager (laughs) to put money towards it. So have you ever thought about maybe making your store into a franchise or has that crossed your mind? I have thought about it. Um, At this point, we are so busy that I don't know if I want to take on an additional project like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe if I were 20 years younger, (laughs) I would be interested. I'm looking more at early retirement and starting to coast (laughs) through. (laughs) So probably not at this point. So would you say that you still find joy in cooking every day? I do. Um, I really like to cook. cook. Cooking is quite often an expression of love. So people show it different ways. Mine happens to be cooking. I love to help people bring a meal to them if they've you know, just had a baby or they've got something going on in their life. I've always enjoyed that. We love having people over for dinner and doing things like that. So I still enjoy cooking when you can get creative and time allows. I can't say I enjoy it when it's a crunch. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we have 18 parties going on and the top, the clock is ticking and we just found out we're out of eggs and chicken and you have to <laughs> run to the store and, and do things like that. So for the most part, yes, I still enjoy it. I love the creative side and I love being able to bless others with, with food. It's, you know, so many people enjoy food and it's just a nice way to add a special touch to their lives. So how much of like this cooking do you do yourself? Is it all you or? I do a lot of it, yeah. So I have people that um, help do the prep. So if it's, you know, I need you to chop 50 pounds of chicken and, and, you know, cut 13 cantaloupe, um, they'll do that. But when it comes to the cooking itself, after the pandemic, I started doing the vast majority myself because when the pandemic hit, of course, everything shut down and keeping staff was a huge challenge. And um, because of that, I, I actually went to independent contractors 
um, because then it's it works very well for both. They can work when they want, and and then I'm not committed to certain hours every week. So that means I do a lot of the cooking myself, mm-hmm. um, which I do enjoy, but it's just one more thing on your plate. Plus, well, it's more work that you're willing to do because that's something that you get a lot of fulfillment out of. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. You really, when you have your own business and anybody else, I'm sure, says the same thing. You wear so many hats. You get to do marketing. You get to do sales. But that also means I'm cooking. That also means you're doing dishes, sweeping up the floor, and, and paying invoices. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of everything. I will say I love the variety. And, and for me, that's very fulfilling. So cooking, absolutely. But yes, there's a lot that goes along with it. So would you say there really isn't a definition of a uniform day for you? It's always going to be a different thing that's it's coming up. It's always different. And you just don't know who's going to walk in the door. Somebody may you know, come in and, and you're talking about a wedding and you're planning an event that's going to happen in, in 12 months. But then the very next client could be planning a funeral. And so now you're you're five days out and, and your schedule now changes because now you've got to get that together um, and make sure that everything goes well for that. So every day is different. And I do like that. I like the fact that you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, it creates some sleepless nights, <laughs> but I wake up at 3 a.m. wondering if we have enough brisket. <laughs> so crazy stuff like that, but it's good. On the flip side of that, I've also heard from some people that have their own businesses that although it can like leave to a hectic schedule like you were just talking about, a lot of people say that it kind of gives them a sense of freedom. Do you agree with that? Or? I do. So when we want to take, say, a vacation, you know, I decide, okay, this is when. And you know certain times of the year that are better than others for that. But you do have flexibility for, for things like that. Um, and you do have the freedom to say, okay, well, I'm going to take the morning off because... I need to be somewhere else but that also means I'm going to just work later into the evening to make up for that time and that is nice and I do like the flexibility Um, you do need to be disciplined because you can't just take the morning off and not make up for it but um, it is nice to be able to do it you know when your schedule allows so uh, outside of what you were talking about with the independent contractors are there other ways that the pandemic has affected your business oh definitely Um, I think it was two years ago yesterday that everything yeah, shut down. Right. It was March 13th, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of us will always remember that date. And so that means March 13th, 14th, and 15th, there were about 45 phone calls of cancellations. Wow. Because everybody that had weddings, everybody that were doing bridal showers, um, parties for retirement, whatever, graduations, all of those were canceled. So our business took a huge hit, and I had to figure out quickly how do we keep the lights on. How do we pay rent? How do I pay the employees? What do we do? Um, luckily, we have a drive-through window, and so we just bumped up the meals to go. And so people came through. They'd open their trunk. We had masks and gloves. Put you know they pre-ordered their food. They could even prepay, put it in their car, and they drove away. Because otherwise, I'm not sure what would have happened um, with the business. Luckily, we had been in business for. Gosh, I think I opened it in 2012, so already been in business for eight years, and so you had a good foundation. But if it was the first year, I'm not sure that we would have survived it. Wow. Yeah. You know, there definitely were a lot of places that probably did start around then that didn't have a chance to 
exactly come back yeah it, it was a it was a horrible time for a brand new business trying to get the footing um, mm. but like I said I had started it many years and had a good group of customers and so you had that good foundation so when you sent it out and said look we're following all the COVID policies if you still want meals and at that point people didn't really want to go into grocery stores and so having a meal option for them was huge and we have a lot of people that would um, buy meals for their aging parents to put in their freezer and stock them up. So it did, that bumped up that side of the business tenfold. So did you say, did you say actually an increase in volume? Um, increase in the meals volume, but decrease in the large event volume. So mm -hmm. overall, it was not an increase because it's hard to make up for a wedding of 400 people, right. you know, with individual meals, but it did keep us afloat. And so that that was good. Which do you prefer prepping for, the small individual meal or the big party it, meal? It really depends. If I have time, I love, I always say, I love to decorate food. Like presentation is huge for me. So I enjoy whenever I can make something look really nice. So if, if it's, say, a box lunch, you can't do it much with that. It's a sandwich, it's a salad, it's a cookie, and it's in a box. Um, but if you can make a platter look really attractive so that when people walk into the room, they're like, oh, this is going to be good versus Ugh, it just looks you know, bland. That's, that's where my passion comes in. So the answer is anywhere where I can get creative with, with, the, with how it looks. Hmm. So uh, where was like probably the first time you think you picked up a passion for cooking? Was it when you were younger or? It was, and I remember specifically, it was uh, junior high, seventh grade, and I was a super picky eater. And my mom was like, you know what? You're making the dinner all week long because I was so picky. And it was the best thing she could have done because once I started making dinner, I started developing a passion and I would try it because I had a hand in it and so then I was less picky and that's when the creative juices started flowing and, and from then on I was picking out recipes and asking to bake and cook and and try things like that so that was the inspiration and I think it really only came out of her frustration <laughs> like I need to get my girl to eat <laughs> So would you say that you have a signature dish, either like inside of Delicious Dish or just stuff that you like to make on your own? Wow, so one of our most popular items are our sliders. Everybody likes sliders and we do a ton of them. I keep saying we should just be a slider company <laughs> um, and own stock in Hawaiian buns or something. But sliders are popular because, you know, every age likes them. We do a ton of them at graduations. Um, so people know about those. Probably the most popular dish outside of that is our beef brisket. So it's it's one of those you cook it for 18 hours, it's fork tender. People don't make it at home very much because you have to cook it so long and they come in like 15 pound segments, so most people aren't cooking that. Um, but that is, that is a very, very popular dish. Um, whenever we do you know events, people people request that. So if you could like, I'll ask a lot of people who consider themselves food this question, there's one meal you could have for the rest of your life. <laughs> what would that be? Oh goodness. Um, one of our meals that I, I'm going to say the Caprese chicken might be one of my favorites. Mm. It's, fr it's fresh, it has balsamic, it has a little pesto, it has, it's grilled chicken, it has um, fresh mozzarella, tomatoes. It's, yeah, I, I don't get tired of that. Uh, I think I could either, that sounds amazing. <laughs> and anything that we bake, I have to say, I have a sweet tooth that won't stop. So <laughs> we, I am baking all the time. 
Um, we always have new items in, and I cannot stay away from it. So I'm always like, look, that one's broken. I might as well eat it. <laughs> Not a good thing. <laughs> okay, so a closing thought before we uh, end this. Mm -hmm. uh, if you feel comfortable sharing, where do you think you want this to be taken in the next uh, five, ten years? Oh, Great question. Well, as I said before, when the microphone wasn't on, my kids are not interested in this business. <laughs> so that's out. Um, I would love, the idea honestly would be if somebody wanted to take it over, I would love to stay on as a consultant. I love working with clients and developing whatever their idea is of their event. That part I still enjoy. Um, but I would prefer not to have 100% of the responsibility on my shoulders all the time. Mm -hmm. So either to partner or to have somebody come in to take over and, and I would help every step of the way as much as I could, but that would keep me away from the 24-7 schedule. Hmm. So even when you retire, you could end up being that mentor that you didn't yeah, have when you were Exactly, out. exactly. I, I would hope I would be able to give them some inspiration on areas to avoid that I certainly had to find out through trial and error, um, but also support any ideas that they have and encourage them and and help them develop it into whatever their dream is. All right. I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you. Thank you again to Mrs. Talbot for coming in and for those delectable, amazing Buckeyes. I can attest they didn't last very long after the interview. They were gone pretty quick. But uh, I think one of the big takeaways from what she had to say was from a position that she's in, uh, whether it's in a company like hers or in any other type of business where you're kind of the head honcho, you got to wear a lot of different hats. You know, a lot of people look forward to that kind of responsibility or just being able to say they have their own business or, you know, different things that come with that. But you got to be prepared to throw yourself into the ring 100%. You got to be the person on the books. You got to be the person that talks to the customer. You got to be the person behind the desk. You got to be the person, you know, in the oven. You got to be everything when you're that person on top. So some people... That's great. Other times, you know, other people, it might not be the right fit for you. But if that's what you want, you got to be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> Forgive my stutter. You got to be prepared for that. You kind of got to be able to own it while you do it at the same time. So uh, this outro music is actually a little bit different than before. Given that it is St. Patty's Day, I figured I would honor the holiday and my heritage as well as the lineage of many other people in this area, let alone this country who claim descent from Ireland by playing a rendition of the old hymn, Danny Boy. Now, for those of you who don't know, this song is a traditional tune. I think of the composition known as the London Derriere, London Derry Docks. Uh, forgive me if I'm butchering that. But what this song is about, it's about a father who is singing to his son as he is called off to war. So kind of relevant to the times. As much as this song is about, you know, the Irish people, and it is an Irish tune, uh, it definitely can be stretched to, you know, the current conflict in Ukraine, as well as all of the people, all of the brave men and women from this country who have given their lives in service, and frankly, to all the people and all the lives and all of the sacrifices made by those who have served in our country 
and through all out of history. So this is for the brave men and women who make the ultimate sacrifice. This is Danny Boy. Happy St. Paddy's Day. Slancha. Thank you.